get your uh, sermon notes out. And I want to, uh, I want to begin a series today. Uh, it's going to empower and bless your families. This series is called The Good Life. All right? Somebody praise God for the good life. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. You've probably heard this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. You want to read this with me if you can? It's in your notes. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Uh, So... I mean, there's so many scriptures around this. How many know there's a way that seems right to a man? Anybody ever heard that before? But the end is destruction. Sometimes what we believe to be the good life is not good. All right? How many have ever thought you were pursuing something really good and you ended up like running into uh, a dead end? Anybody ever done that? Uh, Falling on your face. Oh, this is good. Eh, Not so good. So we want want you to have the good life. We're going to have some fun with this series. I, uh, I really like, I mean, we've been talking about staff, the Freedom Staycation for the summer. Uh, how many love, anybody like me, I really love Virginia Beach. I love Tidewater. I love the area. Uh, some people say, well, I don't know. I'd leave if I could. But uh, I love Virginia Beach. I love the oceanfront. Diane and I took uh, a walk the other day. The boardwalk is one of my favorite things to do is walk the boardwalk and look at people. All right? It's, it's fun. All right? How many of you looked at some people at the boardwalk and said, really, you know? And uh, it's just fun. I, I enjoy it. Uh, uh, every now and again, I get to the boardwalk, and I'm thinking, Lord, there's a lot of reason to pray down here. Uh, but it's also a very great time to breathe. You know, I just like looking, looking over at the water and taking a breath. Uh, sometimes you just don't get a chance to do that. I enjoy that. Uh, so... But, uh, you know, some people have went away on vacation. One of the things I like to do after vacation is come back and just enjoy my own city. Uh, I enjoy taking walks. I enjoy the surroundings. There's so many parks. How many know of all the parks that are around? I mean, there's a load of parks, places to camp. How many have been to First Landing Park? Anybody been to First Landing? Uh, just go out to First Landing, get lost on a trail. There's two sides of it. You can go over to the ocean side. There's actually camping on the ocean side. Did you know that? You can camp over there, and you don't have to have a camper. You, could, you can put up a tent, right? Uh, there's, uh, and then there's trails on the other side. And then there's how many like water that doesn't have waves in it? Anybody like that? Because you can go to the, you can go to, uh, the Chesapeake Bay side, or you can go inland, and there's places where you can swim and fish and get bitten by mosquitoes. It's wonderful. I mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, I was looking, I was looking at, uh, the news today and they were talking about witch duck lake. Has anybody ever been to witch duck lake before? I didn't even know there was a witch duck lake. I did not realize that. How many knew there was a witch duck lake? I did not, I've never been there and I've lived here for over 30 years. I'm thinking, Nobody told me there was a witch duck lake. And, and then there are other places. I mean, in Chesapeake, and, and uh, uh, you can go out to the uh, out to Waterside and Norfolk. Just so many great places around here. You ought to get around and, and get your family and go enjoy some stuff. And then there's other things that happen. I didn't get to go, but I, I saw an advertisement that there's actually a peach festival. Anybody knew that? And I like peaches. Uh, so I didn't get to go. My day was full that particular day. But uh, Strawberry Festival, anybody been to the Strawberry Festival in Pongo? Uh, I, I heard there was a jazz festival. Uh, was, that, was that in Hampton? Okay, that's going on. I saw there was a Latin festival down in the ocean front, And people are down there giving it the, you know, don't make me dance right now. But they all look like fun. Things, things that are going on, just pay attention, all right? Don't just read Facebook. Do some searches, all right? Amen? Yeah. Facebook's fun, too, sometimes. So, Staycation. Everybody say staycation. staycation. So, I mean, staycation, I guess it's, it's one of those words that grammatically is not correct. Uh, the suffix T-I-O-N, uh, shun, T-I-O-N, is, uh, it's, it's used to form nouns out of... Uh, to reference the action of a verb. So, uh, the, the, for instance, resolution. How many know what resolution means? Resolution is, is a noun. It's the result of resolving. So, a vacation is the result of vacating. 
So I have vacated, therefore, now I have a noun called vacation. How many love grammar? Anybody? You're getting it right now. Vacation. Uh, so you vacate your job, you vacate your city, you vacate your community, you vacate your, your cell phone. Vacate some things. Get away. Sometimes you just got to get away. But the things you need to get away from are not always necessarily the things in your city. I'm, you're not saying amen. So, Pastor, you don't understand. I need to get away from. Sometimes I would like to be a TSA agent. Anybody? So how many have ever been through the line before? Have you ever been through the line and uh, you got your suitcase pulled and you're thinking, oh, goodness, I'm not sure I want them to go through my suitcase. Come on, right? Now, years ago, Diane and I were coming home from a vacation and we got chosen randomly to have our suitcase itemized, to go, to go through it. And so I, I, sometimes I would like to go through your suitcase, not your physical suitcase, but maybe your, your spiritual suitcase, and realize there are some things that you should not pack when you travel. Because even though you're on vacation, if you take unforgiveness with you, you're going to feel the same way you did when you got back. Come on. You're traveling with fear. Anybody? How many got a suitcase full of fear and you carry it with you all the time and sometimes you take it? Or how about hopelessness? How many have ever felt hopeless? And just because you got out of town doesn't mean that your anger has gone away. Right? Am I right? Or just because, just because uh, you went to the Bahamas does not mean that you still don't live with deception. Or just because, come on, just because you went camping doesn't mean your addiction is not still with you. And your heart wounds are not still there. Come on, preach, Pastor Rick. You understand what I'm saying? We take things with us in our suitcase, and really if we had a good PSA agent, maybe they'd sit down and talk with us and say, honey, just because you're getting on this airplane and you got a passport doesn't mean that you should be taking all of this mess with you when you travel. Come on. Leaving town does not fix your marriage. Doesn't fix your relationship. Now, which brings us to another reality Sometimes you come home and you have a severe case of post-vacation blues because it's a possibility to leave town and come home to a bigger mess than you left. And uh, we need to come back. We need to come back from vacation the way Jesus did. Mark chapter 1, 35. Jesus would take these little vacations. Like he would go away early in the morning and leave the house and go to a solitary place and pray. So one of the things, I always make sure if I'm leaving town, I got my Bible with me. I got a book that I need to study, something that will feed my spirit. Because sometimes when you take a vacation, all you feed is your flesh. And uh, so Jesus would go and he would get alone with the Father. And then when he returned, the Bible would show us, even in Mark 1, he returned after he'd get away for a little while. He'd get away from the crowds, get away from the masses. He would return in this great power. And you know, Mark 1 is one of those illustrations. As soon as he gets back, he, he, he returns and there's a leper there. that needs, He's got skin disease. His body's falling apart. Jesus heals him. And then he sees a paralytic and a person that's paralyzed. He raises them. And then he starts calling disciples to himself. He finds people that need to grow, people that really need to know who God is. So Romans 12 is the scripture that we're dealing with today. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I'm not going to allow, here's, here's the deal. I'm going to vacate, I'm going to get away, I'm going to break away from the powers of this world that are controlling my life. The thoughts, the belief systems that are destroying me. Freedom, I want, I want to take the summer to seek the Lord together so that when we arrive in September, at the end of this season, I need, listen, I need you to come to church. Somebody say, I'm coming to church in the summer. Say it. You guys are not convincing me right now. So, Listen, I want by the time we get to September to be whole and prayed up and ready to bear fruit. How would that be? We're going to take time as a staff. We're, going to, we're working on 
what God's got next, and, and, and I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord, but I want this summer to be a time where you feel refreshed at the end of it. I want your lives to be better, and I want us as a body, I want us to be rested, I want us to, to, to be ready to bear fruit. I, uh, <clears throat> you may not know this, but I carry things heavily sometimes. I don't, I don't carry my ministry, my vocation lightly. Your struggles, your pain, your needs, I carry them. So it, it takes me some time uh, and to decompress. Sometimes you just got to know. So well, Pastor Rick didn't answer just now. Sometimes I need to be still. Is there anybody else like me? I need to be still and just listen to the Lord. And uh, so, so therefore Diana can tell you that when I return from vacation, I, I, if I have not decompressed well, uh, I, will, I will come home with, I, I come home with deep thoughts. Sometimes because I have decompressed, I'll come home with deeper thoughts and deeper plans. If, if I do not, I can become, I'm just, is it okay if I confess? I can become a victim of post-vacation blues because I, I'll jump into vision swiftly and this helps me. When, when, I, when, I, when I'm returning, one of the things I have to do is I have to think about what God is getting ready to do. I have to jump into vision. I'm moving to vision on a return flight. I'm taking notes. I'm considering what is next. Diana's trying to sleep. I'm saying, baby, let me tell you what I'm thinking about right now. Okay. You know, and so the night before I left to come home from Tulum, I began to think about this, just the good life, making life better. And just begin to write thoughts down. Anybody ever do that? Just get it. You got You know, you got to keep a pen or pencil handy, and or or your phone messages. And so, to me, I, I wrote better peace, better rest, better relationships, better moments. Here's one: better boundaries, better family, better health. Pick one. Anybody? Anybody here? How many need some of this? Anybody need some of this? Wave at me. All right. Yell at me. Which one resonates loudest to you right now? Rest. Yeah. I heard somebody rest. Okay. Woke like twenty people up when you did that. All right. How many don't rest well? How many struggle with your rest? Anybody struggle with your rest? You don't. Not only you don't sleep well, but Home is like, oh boy, now I'm home. Now what am I going to do? Or relationships. How many, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships. I'm talking about relationships in general. Moments. You don't have great moments. You're just kind of walking through, just going through motions rather than embracing great moments. And boundaries. I could preach about that for a while. How many realize that God wants you to have some good boundaries? Does anybody know that? Some of your relational issues could be better if you would establish some godly boundaries. Preach, Pastor. So, family, health. So, after I got home, I, I, I was focusing on some of these things personally, and, and I've done a few things differently. I've reclaimed some things. I, I, I'm taking morning swims now again. I hadn't done that in a while. I just like to get up in the morning and just go swim. Anybody else like that? It's healthy, it's good. Uh, if you've got a back like mine, swimming is good. Can I get an amen? Uh, organizing some things in my personal life that I felt like I'd let go because I was busy taking care of other people. Breaking some routines. Resting before I was tired. Write that down. Reclaiming my Sabbath. Anybody need to reclaim Sabbath? Can I get a yes from somebody? How many know God wants you to take some time? Right? So, and then I thought about all of you. And all of you can't take a day off or a week off. But God is not glorified by your stressful destruction. I'm going to say that again. God is not being glorified by your stressful destruction. So, when I arrived home, you know, I, all these things were in my heart. I'm writing these things down. I'm thinking about it as I travel home. And when I arrived home, I'd worked diligently on the pool in my backyard. When I got home, my pool had turned dark brown. I had worked hard to make all of my chemicals perfect 
in the pool. Anybody know where I am right now? I got home. I looked at my pool. I got home like at midnight. I walked out. I wanted to just, I might just jump. It looked like a pond. And uh, I looked around at the plants in my yard. And Diana said, my plants, they're all dried up. And then I looked at my yard, and my yard was overgrown. Evidently, it had rained really well, and the sun had shined, and the grass was wet, and it was about that high. Preach. It's like my yard looked at me and said, welcome home. <laughs> Next morning, I got up and looked at it. I want to take care of this, all right? You can't just sit around. How many know you can't just be depressed about things? You got to do something about it. Well, you know, what's going on? And uh, so I... Uh, 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 and so I'm, I'm out there. I start working, you know, taking some measurements, taking care of some chemicals. And then I, you know, I'm pulling my mower out uh, because I pushed that bad boy if Diana's not doing it. And uh, <laughs> a brother pulled up to my back fence. I'm telling the truth, okay? Jesus. And pulled up to my back fence with a like new John Deere riding lawnmower. And pulled into my backyard and said, This is yours. Yeah. Praise God. I, it's my tractor now. I jumped on that boy and with joy. Somebody shout, Joy. I drove all over my grass. It was wet and it was all clumped up, but I didn't care. I just, anybody, come on, can I got a brother that knows what I'm talking about right now? Ain't nothing like getting on a tractor. Yeah, she thinks I'm sexy when I'm on, never, no, that's not That's not it's a song. It's a song. It's a country song. Okay. So then I went to my Mexican restaurant. How many know what Mexican restaurant I go to? Guads. And I usually order fajitas, but I ordered, I ordered shrimp tacos just to shake it up a little bit. Then I went home, and Diane and I went out back, and we cleaned out our shed. Come on, the work began. And, and listen, I could hear God saying, I want my people to do better. It's not my will for you to live this stressed out, unblessed, visibly broken life. Preach, Pastor. God wants your marriage better. God wants your home better. God wants you to take a walk. God wants your family time healed. God wants you to be a fruit-bearing believer, not a dried-up tomato plant. Some of your ponds, come on, some of, your, some of your pools look like ponds. Some of your sheds haven't been attended to in years. Wave at me right now. And you're saying, well, that ain't important. I'm telling you, God wants to change some of the mess that's in our life. And when we say yes, when we turn the corner, God will actually bring provision to your broken areas. Come on. So this summer, I want you to get ready to bear fruit. And today, I just, I just want to talk about uh, a, a better peace, making your life better, a better peace in your life. And I, and I want you to be more peaceful this week than you have. I want you just to discover peace. Go ahead. You can write that down. Put that in your notes if you want to, okay? Put it in. Make it, make it your, your, uh, your, your, your page or something, you know? When you, open your, when you open your phone, it just should say better peace, more peace, all right? Are you ready? So... I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a couple of, a couple of statements here, and uh, you just follow with me. One, life is better when you have the peace of Christ, the peace of Jesus. Say it with me. Life is better when you have the peace of Jesus. Peace I leave with you, Jesus said. My peace I give to you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Come on, you want to read that with me? Come on. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled 
And do not be afraid. There's so many scriptures about this. Uh, Colossians 3 and 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. How many know these scriptures? I haven't put them, I didn't give them to you. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And, or, or may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. How many know that one of the names of Jesus? Anybody know this? Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of. So I'm a Christian. Why don't I have peace? I'll tell you why. Because life has a tendency to suck the life out of you. After so much pain, we actually, we actually begin to do those things which were done to us. How many, you know what I'm saying? How many have been hurt before? Anybody ever been hurt? So what do you do when you're hurt? You pass out hurt. You get wounded, you're looking for somebody to wound. You get broken, you're looking for somebody to break, right? So, I mean, you know these things. You know, some people... Say, you know, you know, I was sexually abused, and how many other than myself have had some victimization in that area? Anybody? So here's one of the struggles with that, is because if you have been victimized sexually, you might have a tendency to struggle with sexual promiscuity. Can I get an amen from somebody? Say, well, don't talk like that, Pastor. If you were abandoned, you might have a tendency to abandon. If you were lied to, Sometimes you actually struggle with deception. If you experienced hate, you end up with hate that's not managed. You can become hateful. If you were wounded by anger in your home or you, 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 somebody struggled or in your family, they struggle with conflict management, you can actually become angry and may very well live angry. And some can actually... Uh, who, who come from insecurity, an insecure home life, you end up passing out insecurity. If you were abandoned as a child, you may very well be emotionally scarred and feel unable to have a healthy relationship with anyone. But, but really, all of this is the enemy robbing you of the peace of God. Does anybody know what I'm speaking of? So, uh, uh, you may know suicide's been in the headlines recently, heavily. But uh, depression has been in the headlines for a long time. Did you know that? But the World Health Organization a few years ago declared depression as the number one health risk worldwide. Really? I would have thought it would be, you know, starvation, war. Anybody ever struggled with anxiety and depression before? Wave at me. I had pretty much a, a lot of us. So, so... As much as you know about God's presence and his peace, you also know the presence of the enemy by fear and anxiety. Look at the scripture again in John 14. Jesus is saying, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He's saying, I'm leaving peace with you. How many would just like the peace of God in your life sometimes? Anybody just want his peace? Just want his peace? How many have ever heard this before? You just need to have a peace about this. Have you heard this? In the Old Testament, there, there's a teaching. Uh, it's in Exodus chapter 28 and verse 30. Uh, and you see this in the Old Testament over and over. You don't hear a lot of preaching or teaching about it. But the breastplate of the high priest was, was designed and it had 12 stones on it. The 12 stones, each of them represented one of the tribes of Israel. All right. Now, if you look at the 12 stones, here's what you understand is that God is a covenant keeper, right? Because what did God do? He told Abraham, he said, I'll make your name great. And then he spoke to, uh, uh, he spoke to uh, Jacob and uh, he said, you know, the same God, I'm the same God that blessed your granddad Abraham and, and Isaac and I'm going to bless you and, and, and I'm going to do great things. And out of him comes 12 nations. So... Uh, how many know God doesn't lie? Does anybody know that God doesn't lie? So Jacob's name is changed to Israel. He gets these 12 nations. Jacob didn't do everything perfect. Can I get a yes? I mean, he, he struggled. He has some deception issues, but God just kept moving him forward. Now, the thing that you don't see is that on the inside pocket 
un, that you cannot see. There's a, a pocket on the inside of the breastplate, and inside of it is something called the urim and the, and the thummim, all right? Now, I know you don't hear about the urim and the thummim that much, all right? But they're inside the inside pocket. How many have ever had a struggle hearing from God before? Anybody struggled? It's like, I really need God to speak to me right now. And you don't get a word like you got from Isaiah in our singing this morning. But you get something that settles inside of you. Anybody ever had that? It's like, you just know that God's got this. Anybody ever know that? Or you need to go somewhere. You have some direction and you just don't know whether or not you should go and do this or change jobs or something. And you call on God and you don't ever hear God say, yes, my child, I want you to take that new job and leave the job that you have and I will do great. You don't get God saying that. You don't have that. You just have a peace. Well, that's what the Urim and the Thummim were, okay? Really what it means specifically is light and perfection. Say it, light and perfection. And this is historically what is said. You don't see all of this in scripture, but this is historically the Hebrew understanding is that one of the elements, we don't know what they look like, but one of them actually was a light and the other one uh, was perfection. So the priest would go in and ask a question of God, and the Urim would actually light up, and the, thumb, the Thummim would actually stand up next to the heart. So you just kind of felt light and perfection in your heart. Are you with me on this? How many need some light and perfection in your heart right now? So here's what I'm, I'm asking God to do. I want God to impact your life in such a way that some of you who have been struggling with questions in your life, in relationship, in your peace, in your home, would suddenly begin to seek the face of God and you would feel either nothing happened. You say, well, I don't feel God saying anything right now. And you would pretty well know, and this is what the priest knew, if there was no light and there was no standing up, what they knew was God's saying no right now. Come on. I haven't had anything from God. Okay. It'd be a good idea just to say, well, God's not giving me peace about that. Say yes. Somebody needs this. Say yes. Yes. And for some of you, you just need to seek God and stay in his presence and worship him and ask the Lord. And some of you will get a absolutely yes, this is God because you have light and perfection. If God says yes, then that's peace. Now, I've experienced this. Oh, I'd say about a thousand times in my life. Anybody else? Uh, one, of, one of our great moments was uh, before we moved to Virginia Beach, we had a question. Uh, we weren't paying any attention. Anybody ever done that? Just saying yes and no without talking to God? And it was about a move. And there was a church that was in Michigan that had offered us a position as the associate pastoral leaders. And uh, it was just kind of weird. And so uh, we went there. We just we were interviewed at this church. It was uh, 1985, the, the winter of 1985 and December of 1985, as a matter of fact. Uh, Preston was just a couple of months or, or just about a year old. Yeah, he was about a year old. And, and, uh, and Felicia was three. And so we went and we're, we, we just were there. They offer us this position. We say, yeah, we'll plan. So they're planning to come and pick us up. We go home. We resign from the place that we were at in Illinois. And, and then and they're bringing the truck. They're sending a truck to pick us up to move us to, you know, I'm an Ohio State fan. They're moving me to Michigan. I, what was I thinking? All right. So, and uh, so we're seeking that night. We're just seeking the Lord and light settled upon both of us. And we looked at each other and the Holy Spirit told us no. And we'd already resigned our church. You hear me? We didn't have a job, and somebody was coming to pick us up, and they were halfway. It was a massive drive. They were bringing the truck. They were halfway there to pick us up. And all we could, how many, how many have ever had a tough decision before? Anybody had a tough decision? People ain't going to like us. People are going to be mean to us. Somebody's going to be mad. We're going to look stupid. Anybody been there before? And so we just got up the next morning not knowing what we were going to do, except we were going to obey the light and the direction of the Lord. 
and made a quick phone call and said, I know you're here in town. Our boxes were packed. And we said, but, but we have no peace about being with you. And the guy on the other, uh, other end of the phone said, you know, I felt the same way that you weren't coming. And then I called the pastor of the church that we were going to, and I told him, and he said, you know, we had the same feeling that you were not going to come. And then we told the church that we were at that we'd resign. They said, well, why don't you just stay here until you get settled? What I'm saying is when you follow the peace of God, he'll make the other things work. No, wait, wait. And it was just, come on, it was just a couple of months later that we had a call from a church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, and that's how we ended up here. I'm telling you that if you will listen to God and go into his presence, he will give you peace about some things. Some of you had no peace. You have no voice of God. And a vacation to Hawaii is not going to fix that. Unless you're going to go and spend some quiet time in the presence of the Lord. Come on. And say, Lord, give me peace. Okay, just one more thing. The peace of God will bring emotional healing to your life. How many have ever needed emotional healing? Anybody? Emotional healing. May the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope. Overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you're emotionally whole, you will have hope. All right? Overflowing with hope. Now, I have this in my pocket. I thought I'd show you. This is a quarter. Okay? All right? Are you ready? All right. What's it going to be? So let's just be honest. You don't know. Okay? You don't know. Somebody shout, I don't know. So, is everything going to be perfect tomorrow? You don't know. All right? You don't know. How many know that you live your life in a lot of questions sometimes? I don't know what's going to Anybody know? Anybody know? Is everybody going to talk nice to you tomorrow? Well, it's heads, but nobody knows. What does that mean? See, some of us live in anxiety and fear. Anxiety is to be uneasy and nervous about an event, person, or problem that is beyond your control. It's like flipping a coin for everything. Worry is to chronically dwell on difficulty or trouble. And there are different levels of worry, right? It's like some of your worry is, I don't know what the weather is going to be. And some of your worry is about your wedding. It's like, I don't know. You know it's just, just, there's all of these diversities. Wor- worry also becomes fear. Now, really, anxiety, worry, and fear are all the same emotions expressed on different levels. I feel, I'm a little worried about it. I'm anxious about it. Oh, no! It's just different levels. And we're commanded as Scripture not to do all three of these things. We are commanded in Scripture. Am I right? Does the Scripture say don't be anxious about anything? How many can say yes? That's what the Word of God says. Don't be afraid. And uh, so I believe that the enemy attacks us and often leaves us in a wounded situation, unable to function in peace because of fear and anxiety. That's the truth, isn't it? I, uh, when, when I was victimized as a child, I learned to live with a certain amount of fear and anxiety for the rest of my life. Can I get a yes? yes? Victimization is more than sexual. You see, at, at, that, at that time, because of the secrecy of it, it's like abandoning your family. It's, has anybody been there? You're there, but you're quiet. You say, well, I don't want to confess what's going on in my life. By not confessing your pain, you end up living in anxiety. Right? And, and for me, it hurt me and brought me to anxiety and fear, and it builds over the years, and you can end up with depression. And uh, I want to tell the youth in this room, I want to apologize to you and, and tell you, I think sometimes uh, we've sacrificed your emotional well-being in the name of survival. Because sometimes, come on, sometimes we are afraid to interact with the next generation. 
to allow you to come out of your brokenness, to allow you to be creative, to allow you to be prophetic. Am I right? And, and sometimes we don't help you let go of things you need to let go of. So my vacation. Uh, and don't start this yet. I, but, but while we were on vacation, anybody ever been to a cenote? Anybody know what I'm talking about? In Mexico, yes, okay, a cenote. There are these uh, underground rivers in certain areas of Mexico where the ground is given way and, and underneath there's this perfectly pure and clear river water. I mean, it is amazing. And nothing like we, we actually swam in an underground river. It was very cold, but we swam in it. And then there was also places where you could just jump off of rock cliffs into these cenotes. Uh, but there was one that we found. It was a local spot, and you don't hear about it, but we found out about it. So there were hardly, we were like the only tourists that were there. Everybody else was just locals from the area there in Mexico. And I went, uh, it was like one of the last days we went, I went with Malachi and Lauren and Felicia, and we just all went there, and there was a zip line. You hang on to the zip line, it takes you out in the middle of the cenote, they blow a whistle, and then you let go and just fall into it, all right? So Malachi and I, I our... Uh, and, and I'm going to show you this, okay? Here, here it is. Malachi did really well uh, with it, okay? All right, so Malachi's jumping off into the cenote, all right? And wow, isn't that great? So then it's my turn, and my, my experience with it was a little bit different. I, I think it's because I'm like three times as heavy as he is, all right? Now, watch what happens as I fall, okay? I mean, it's just amazing <laughs> because I thought I would never reach the bottom of the cenote. I just kept, and then it was like there were enemies all around me watching, wondering what I was doing, but finally I actually surfaced. And uh, has, has anybody had an experience like that? It's like you're having the same experience, but it's really, really different. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not. I don't know if you understand this particular. Maybe it had a, you had a flashback for a moment. Uh, but if you are emotionally broken, what is just a jump in the water for somebody else can be devastating for you. Somebody walking up and just giving you a little correction is one thing. But if you're emotionally broken, you can't bear it a disappointment, a rejection for somebody else. I I got other plans. God's got bigger. But if you're emotionally broken, it's the end of the world and you never know how to finish. Now, now I'm going to teach this to you because what this is like, listen, listen, God doesn't want you to be in that situation. Now, here's, here's the struggle, okay? It's not knowing that God loves you and he is your father. There are Christians who are children of God that have not yet embraced the reality that God is their God and He's their Father and He loves them. Preach. Are you with me on this? Some of you are here right now and like me, you've had emotional brokenness in your life and you, you say, well, it's about this. Now, it can be, a lot of this jumped in my heart this week because sometimes when things are happening in the world, you think you know what's going on in the world because you've watched the news. And I have found there's often a prophetic significance to everything that I'm watching. And if I'll pause and listen to the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, I've watched football games and the Holy Ghost was saying, let me tell you what this national championship is really about, all right? But I've been watching the news media about the separation of immigrant children, okay? Now some of you, oh, don't be talking about that, Pastor. I got it. Listen, I don't care what your opinion is right now. I've got something from the Lord about it. Because what I was hearing... Because there's something that opened up. When I heard about children, immediately, no matter what, come on, no matter what your politics are, the idea of a child not being with mom and dad hurts. And just so you know, there are all kinds of children that have not been with their moms and dads. I mean, there are kids right now, right now, that have no mom and dad in the state of Virginia that, the, that social services has no idea what to do with. There are parents in prison that don't have their, their, their moms and dads. Listen, there are children 
who have no relationship with a mom and dad simply because mom and dad are so messed up. There are babies in wombs that parents are struggling with. The orphan spirit is massive in our culture. So when that topic was brought up, our nation began to scream. Do you know why our nation is screaming? It's not just about the immigration issue. It's because there are orphans sitting around this room right now who are struggling emotionally because of brokenness in their life. I really love this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes. If you've known me for a long time, you know I love the movie Apocalypto. And because that little scene, that little moment right there, really the story behind it is in the movie Apocalypto, there's a boy named Jaguar Paul. He's a young man and he has a wife. And the wife is pregnant and they are attacked by some individuals who are dragging individuals off to be sacrificed before this, this false god. And they drag them off and they cut their heads off and they rip their hearts out. And he has been captive, in captive, captured and his wife is somewhere uh, at the bottom of this cenote-like place that is about to be flooded with water. And all he can think is, I gotta get back home to the forest. I gotta get back home and I gotta save my wife. That's all he can think. And as they're marching him to be murdered, all he can think is, I gotta break away. I gotta break away. I gotta get back. I gotta rescue my family because my, there's a baby that's on the way. I gotta get back. I gotta get back. And it, and it sets the situation like this. But then there's another issue, and that is, will he give in to the fear and the anxiety and the death? that the culture that he is in wants to bring into his life. And finally, he gets a moment. There's a, a solar eclipse, and he gets this moment to break away. And this boy, they call him, in the movie, they name him Jaguar Paul. He's running, and he's, he's being chased. And the people that have captured him, they chase him. They chase him through the wilderness. They chase him through the forest. They chase him for days and days. They chase him. And finally, he gets to the top of this waterfall, and he looks over, and he sees his, the, the forest that he grew up in. And he sees the people that are chasing him. And he knows he's going to have to take a chance for life. And he leaps over that waterfall. And lands and he survives the fall. And swims to a rock. And he looks back at his would-be captors. And he says to them, he says to them, I am Jaguar Paul, son of Flint Sky." My father hunted this forest before me. My name is Jaguar Paul. I am a hunter. This is my forest, and my sons will hunt it with their sons when I am gone. Do you see that healing moment that he has in his life? Is there anybody in this room that could say, Pastor, I've had enough of what the enemy has done in my life. I'm tired of feeling like I'm an orphan. I'm tired of living my life as if nothing ever is going to change. I'm tired of this. And today, I'm going to stand on this rock and I'm going to declare that I am a child of God. I'm going to wrap this up. Somebody come and play some keys. Just stay with me for a moment. Can I, can I just work with you on this orphan spirit for a moment? I just want to work with you on this. Orphan spirit. Here's some symptoms of an orphan spirit. Okay? Some symptoms of an or orphan spirit. Difficulty believing that God can love us as we are. How many people have failed God? Anybody ever failed God? Look at me. God loves you. He loves you. A belief that you're never good enough. Never good enough. I mean, look at me. Look at me. Never good enough. A sense of shame, a constant. How many have ever struggled with shame before? Anybody? Do you know that God does not want you to live with shame? I've always been cautious. I'm not a big fan of this. Ever look at a kid and said, shame on you. I'm just not a fan. Believe me, they're going to have plenty of shame in their life. Struggle believing that God will answer your prayers. One of the reasons you're prayerless is that you don't believe that God will answer your prayers because if you believe that God answered your prayers, you would pray more. It's an orphan spirit. Go to the next slide. I just got to finish this. An orphan doesn't understand the scripture from the Lord Jesus. I will not leave you as orphans. Feels alone. 
lacks vital daily intimacy with God and is full of self-concern. The orphan is anxious over felt needs, relationships, money, and health. I'm alone and nobody cares for me. The orphan lives on a success versus failure basis. Needs to look good and be right. Is performance oriented. The orphan feels condemned and unworthy before God and others. The orphan has little faith and lots of fear. Faith is fully in self. I don't know if I can do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I've I got to get better. I've got a mentality of I've got to fix it. You might say, well, I got a good mom and dad. Yeah, but you can have a good mom and dad and still live your life as an orphan. The child of God. How many know the scripture? He has given us the spirit of adoption and by him we cry. Shout it, Abba, Father. Some of you, you confess Jesus, but you've never accepted Father. I believe in Jesus. I believe in the cross. You've never accepted that you have a Father. A heavenly Father who loves you. The child of God has a growing assurance that God is really my loving heavenly Father. Come on, somebody shout heavenly Father. Say to heavenly Father. The child of God trusts the Father and has a growing confidence in His loving care. Is being freed from worry. The child of God is learning to live in daily conscious partnership with God and is not fearful. Now, I know it's going to be difficult, but my heavenly Father is watching over me. I know it's not easy right now, but God's got this. He's not going to let me go under. I'm not going to fail because I know my heavenly Father has my best interest at heart. And even if it's difficult, I know I'll not be abandoned. The child of God feels loved, forgiven, and totally accepted because Christ's completed work on the cross covers him. The child of God has a daily working trust in God's sovereign plan for his loving, for his life as loving, wise, and best, and believes always that God is good. Stand with me, would you? Then I give you this last scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Read this with me. Read it with me. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Read it again. I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Who love God? Who loves God? Who loves God? All right. Has God got good stuff for you? Yes. What? Yes. No, what? Yes. <laughs> really? My time is so gone. It's important. How many know this is important stuff today? I want to tell you something else just quickly. The orphan spirit is a close cousin to the spirit of poverty. I will never be provided for. I will never have enough. That's why some of your houses is filled with junk that you will not give away because you're afraid if you lose this, you'll never have anything to replace it. It's poverty. It's poverty. You're holding on to junk, holding on to trash. Your neighbor needs something, but you won't give it away because you're afraid of lack of provision. How many know your father knows what you have need of? How many know that? Would you come? Listen, anybody struggling with orphan spirit? Anybody struggling with that? Wave at me. Where, where are you? Struggling with the, just the spirit of the orphan. Come on, prayer team members, come up with me. Come with me, all right? I need some prayer workers to come. Listen, just so you know, these guys that are coming up here know how to pray about this, all right? This is not the first day that Tom has ever heard the word orphan spirit, all right? What, Tom? You, you, you need to pray over the whole church. Yeah, yeah, I am. I, uh, you're prophetically ahead of me already. All right, so you guys ready? Everybody open your eyes and look this way. Go to the next slide, I think. I want you to just hold your hands up like this and keep your eyes open. In the name of Jesus, I break the spirit of the orphan upon the people of this church. Those of you who have been wounded, those of you who have felt abandoned, those of you who have felt lost, those that have felt that you would never be provided for, I break that in the name of Jesus. 
I come against the lies, the fear, the anxiety, and the worry that has overwhelmed you and overwhelmed your house. I also break it generationally because orphan parents, even though they have children, will teach them to be orphans as well. So I break it generationally. Are you ready to join me? Come on. Look at, the, look at what I'm reading. Look at what I'm reading. I, I put a slide up. Let's say it together. I am who my father says I am. Say it out loud. I am who my father says I am. Keep reading. I am a child of God. God is my father. I belong to Jesus Christ. I am free. Sin has no authority over me. Fear has no control over my life. I have peace because of my Father. Somebody shout praise to your God. Somebody shout praise to your God. Praise your Father. Praise your God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I say a better life. In the name of Jesus, more fulfillment in your life. In the name of Jesus, we break the power of being abandoned. We break, we break the stranglehold of anxiety and fear and worry of poverty. We break it in the name of Jesus. Okay, those of you who are being touched by this, I want you to start moving towards the front. Those of you, orphan spirit is what you're struggling with. Listen, whatever it is, if you need health, if you need healing, whatever it is, I want you to come forward. We're going to pray with you. Come on, let's give thanks to God as people are being set free. I want you to uh, put your arm around somebody nearby you. I know that's weird, but put your arm around somebody. Just put your arm around somebody's shoulder, okay? All right? Sometimes what you think the issue is is not what it is, okay? It's not. It's not about being laid off. It's about the sense that I will never be accepted. It's not about being broken. It's not about a relationship. It's about who I am in the Father. I want you to put your arm around somebody and I want you to speak life and healing and faith. Would you bless somebody nearby you? Come on. Put your arm around somebody nearby you. I want you to bless. Come on, bless. Break that old spirit. Break it. In the name of Jesus. My identity is one of peace. I have a father. I am who God says I am. God bless you all. I want you to know I love you. After you finish praying for one another, you feel free to be dismissed. I love you so much. The series, The Good Life. I love you all. You're dismissed when you choose.